Hello, this is Terry. And this is Coco. And this is Adventures in Organized Chaos. Where we talk about... Local politics. National politics. Some culture. Lots of culture. Some movies. Definitely some movies? Maybe some books. Mmm. We talk about organizing. Absolutely. Let's talk about that movement work. Let's get into it. All right. <laughs> is it on? I think it's on. I think it's on. Welcome back. <laughs> What's up, Coco? <laughs> hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Milo. Hey, how's it going? Good. Did you notice we have a special guest today? I did. Oh, nice. <laughs> She's not invisible. <laughs> <laughs> Believe it or not. I'm right here. <laughs> we are here with Stephanie Garcia. Hola. <laughs> Thanks for joining us today. Thank Stephanie. you for inviting me. <laughs> so, who are you? Why are you here? Hmm. I am a mom. <laughs> yes. I am a mom. I'm, I am a member of this community. I am an advocate, which I was letting Terry know that I was kind of like put in the back burner because my husband is the mayor. Oh, man. So, I have to be very careful. That guy is your <laughs> <Yeah>. husband? <laughs> Crazy. Um, and I work for the Holy Apollo Schools as an advocate for families. So, I. My role is a little weird because um, different people have different ideas of my job. <laughs> but to me, and sometimes it gives me in a little bit of trouble, I, I'm an advocate for my families mm-hmm. in the mm-hmm. district. So I'm Family Access Engagement Coordinator, wow. which is a very long title. But at the end, I'm really like the bridge between the parents and the school mm-hmm. and all the resources that we may have. And sometimes to case manage families that may have you know, some barriers like we all have. So I'm here to help them and support them in any way that I can. Mm-hmm. I, do you have all the families or do you have like a group? So I have all the families. <laughs> I, I really Mama Holyoke right I here. I really don't turn anybody <laughs> away. Um, but mainly it's Donahue families. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I am, we are a lead of, we're a team of about 11 people. There's one of us in each school. We're called the FACE team. Mm-hmm. That's the easy acronym to remember. Um, and there's one of us in each school, but like I have families that will go from Donahue to STEM. Mm-hmm. And for whatever reason, they feel more comfortable with me and I still connect with those families. I still go to their home, support them in any way that I can. Mm-hmm. So when you say advocacy or that you're advocating for families, what does that even mean? Like if I have a kid and I put them in school, why do I need an advocate? Well, a, a lot of it has to do with the culture within the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, as you know, more of our students, uh, about 80% of them are Latino, mainly mm-hmm. Puerto Rican, I'm Colombian. Um, and they don't, may not feel confident or comfortable talking to their teachers or knowing that they can even have a conversation with their teachers because they might have come here from Puerto Rico, Salvador or Costa Rica and they don't have the, you know, the confidence mm-hmm. or whatever it is that is preventing them from communicating. So I'm that person to tell them, yeah, you have any and all rights to talk to that teacher. Mm-hmm. Maybe not when she's in session with the kids, <laughs> but we could plan a meeting and we could schedule a call and we could, you know, figure out what's going on. So like what kind of things come up that people feel uh, not as comfortable approaching the individual teachers about? Um, a lot of them has to do with, um, behaviors in the classroom. Mm-hmm. You know, sometimes the kids, um, I had challenges with my own kiddo where I was getting calls from the teacher about him not behaving. And then I'm like, well, and then I had a- Your a, children? My child, mm-hmm. no my boy. Way. What? <laughs> and and wow. I, I told her my role and I, you know, I told her if I was a parent in the district, I would be very upset at how you were approaching me mm-hmm. because you're just calling me to complain about my child and not to, sick input as a parent on why my child might be doing this. So I had to like put my face engagement hat and be like, okay, what was what was happening right before? Mm-hmm. You know, what was he doing? And she's like, well, he already had finished with the task and we were, I'm helping other kids. I'm like, so he's just sitting there doing nothing? Then he's bored mm-hmm. and he's gonna talk, find a friend to talk to and he's gonna get silly. Seems pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, um, and when my child, that's what I told her, like, you're the adult. You're the one who needs to pick and choose your battles. Because mm-hmm. with my son, if you want to go there, he'll go there with you. <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, he's very stubborn. So you're the adult <laughs> and you're the one that needs to, like, negotiate that and navigate that and teach him. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, 
liksom. Yeah, a lot, so, a lot of policing, right, happening <laughs> in that space. Yeah, and I mean, like, it, it's interesting because I love the school, and this was a teacher that's coming from Spain, and she was very like rigid in her way that she wanted them to because the kids would come home and they're like oh she wants to sit us to sit with our feet down and i'm like wait what about flexible sitting mm-hmm. we're supposed to have flexible sitting where you could like sit on a beanbag or you could sit on this and you could sit on that so i had to like you know it's informed like you're this he's a at that time he's nine years old he's a boy he wants like remember when we were kids we were climbing up on trees they're not doing that as anymore <laughs> right so we got to figure out a way to navigate all those wiggles that he has inside of him because he did finish a task and he answered all the questions. So, right. so it is your job next? to challenge yeah. him and not let him find ways to challenge himself and get in trouble. Or challenge that, you. Yeah, that, because that's what he was doing. Right. So what about that? Um, so I don't have any kids. So I, I talk a lot of trash because it's easy when when you don't have any children to talk about <laughs> other people's kids. Um, this is um, not me, folks. I'm not on here talking bad about people's children. I'm not going to talk bad. But just like as a devil's advocate, like I think a lot of people think, well, if he's misbehaving, you know, as a parent, why aren't you make making him behave? And obviously you're not there to do that. So what do you say to those people who would say, you know, People need to train their children to be out in public alone all day. (laughs) (laughs) It's kind of like hard to judge a family when you don't know what's going on. Right. Mm -hmm. So for me, it's like, let's control what we have in their environment. Mm -hmm. So that's why I kind of like when I was having the conversation with that educator was like, what was happening before? And what were the triggers that you saw that you could have prevented to get to that point? Mm Mm-hmm. You know, behaviors don't come out like behaviors don't happen just because the kids want to misbehave. Right. They have a, a root cause. They have a, you know, something trick. They have a function. The kids are behaving like that because they want something. Mm-hmm. Or even if they don't know they want something, they're looking for input. They're looking for some something. So what is the function of that behavior at that moment that you could have redirected differently? Right. Yeah. yeah. That makes sense. So I think with parents is is like for me, it's more like. I'm not going to judge a family because I don't know what they're going through. When I have that child with me in our space, that's the time that I kind of like have those expectations with the children and the families. Mm-hmm. And I build really good relationships like that. Nice. Yeah. It, I, I mean, all of this is just really making me think about DCF and the reporting and like how teachers have so much access to children of color and to and inadvertently families of color and their reporting is oftentimes what's disrupting like those households and rather than rather than trying to figure out what's going on with the kid what the kid actually needs it's more about finding fault in the parents and blaming the parents and that's really what that sounds like to me and having an advocate there somebody that understands this history right seems pretty pretty smart <laughs> I guess. right and that's kind of like the goal of the department too because like i mentioned we have maybe two different cultures hmm. um to kind of like navigate that, you know, like if this is what you're observing in the classroom, let's connect with the family. Let's see how we could work together, collaborate to figure out what's going on. And at the end, the parents have the same goal that we have. Mm-hmm. Right. They want an education. They want the best for the children, whether you, you know, we all have different visions of what best is. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is the parents want the best for their kids. Absolutely. And that's what you got to go with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Nice. Uh, do you want to take a break real quick and then we'll come right I back? I guess we can take a break. We can talk about uh, receivership. I almost said reparations. I'm sorry. <laughs> Receiving reparations? Yeah. Uh, let's talk about receivership. receivership. Yeah, reparative receivership. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a good topic. We'll be right back, folks. All right. Terry's not going. Okay, when, when's the pool open? The pool is open at 575 Maple Street um, until 6 okay. every day. It every opens... Day. It's 9 to 11 and 1 to 6. Um, Saturday and Sunday, it's open 9 to 4. Do I have to be a Holyoke resident to swim? You do not. Um, but you do have to still pay for entry. A family pass for five people is 20 bucks for the season. Get out of Dodge. Yeah. So it's a like really <laughs> great bad. deal. There's parking. Um, it's actually really, really a nice space. <laughs> no, nope, I'm going to leave that recording in there. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, how long you've been? How long have you been in this advocacy role again? Um, since two thousand seven. Okay. I've been. Wait, no, I'm off in my years. 
I've been in the district <laughs> since 2007. Forgot my math. <laughs> We're in twenty three now. So yes, I've been in the district since two thousand seven. The role, this role is two thousand seventeen. Okay. So what were we doing seven. before that? Since two thousand seven or two thousand seventeen? Before oh. this role, I was an RBT, a registered behavior designation. Oh, so mm. kind and of. And then the before same. that, I was a teacher, and then before that, I was a parent, a paraprofessional. <laughs> Oh, so the para history, you got that. Yeah, cool. Man, I got a like real soft spot in my heart for the paras, man, cuz they they go through it and then yeah. don't get paid for it at all. Like, yeah, shout out to the paras. Yeah. Big ups. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was my first step into the um, into Holyoke. Um, I come from New York, so I was an educator over there in the private school. Mm-hmm. When I came here because I was doing my bachelor's, I needed a job <laughs> and that was a nice transition since I know I wanted to be in schools an educator nice mm-hmm. sweet sweet and so like we're, we're gonna talk about receivership in Holyoke mm-hmm. where, where so I was here <laughs> when all that happened. when all that happened <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah it'd be nice to get a like like a a little breakdown in layman's terms so as you can see i'm bad with numbers because i have dyslexia well you don't need numbers (laughs) to explain it so it's fine so sometimes some years ago um receivership happened because the district was not servicing our kids Mm -hmm. um that was shown through different data points dropout child pregnancies um mainly the dropout Mm -hmm. the kids that were dropping out um, the demographics of the kids that were dropping out was really showing us a, a picture, showing the state a picture that we were not servicing our students, all of our students. We were servicing only some students. Hmm. Um, so they came and they took over. It's that simple, huh? Mm-hmm. So now, the schools are still underperforming? Um, <clears throat> <laughs> so I would say, is for me, it's hard to like, Say we're underperforming because we have made a lot of gains. And I'm only saying that according to MCAS numbers, right? right. And like you can well, take those or leave those, saying. right? Like, like I haven't is, really right? looked at that data in mm-hmm. a while, um, because for me, I more I take more like the street data, mm-hmm. like the actual like stories of individual kids that are graduating, that are doing well. Mm-hmm. For me, that's more valuable than actual number in. Um, I mean, I know it's important. But I haven't seen them, so I can't like really refer to those numbers. Right. Um, but for me, we have improved a lot. Um, we have the dual language program, which gives p- parents a choice. We know that we always do better when families have choices. Mm-hmm. Then instead of just like, no, you're just going to the school and that's it. Parents have a little bit of a choice uh, wiggle room within the district with that program. Mm-hmm. We have also done a lot of gains in servicing our children that have IEPs. Mm-hmm. We have a very um, strong program, actually, at my school. Um, the service kids on the spectrum that have autism, okay. that have been diagnosed with autism, which is our ABL program that has been growing. And now, because of the restructuring, is going to be at Morgan because our numbers have... We have families that don't want to move out of Holyoke because if they move out, they have to go into a new so, so, um, the new district. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have families that have moved out, learned that they couldn't stay, and then move back then mm-hmm. because wow. they didn't want to lose that placement in that program. And those kiddos don't test the MCAS. So it's right. like for me, those that data is kind of like interesting because it's only showing us cer- a, a certain group of population of students. Because our students on the on IEPs, some of them don't take the MCAS. They do a MCAS alt, mm-hmm. which is a portfolio. And just to be clear, the IEP <clears throat> is an individualized educational plan. Okay. So it's students that have been diagnosed with some type of developmental delay or some type of, you know, mental health, mental health. Yeah, yep. um, then they have an individualized plan of their education. Mm-hmm. And what, what percentage of like Holyoke students have an individualized plan like that? We have a lot. We have a lot of kids on the IEP. It seems like a real challenge. Mm-hmm. It is. Yeah. So how can you get good data from these tests or extrapolate? data from when these nobody's tests, taking the when test. nobody's actually taking that <laughs> well they t- they take mm-hmm. uh, mcas they take an they take MCAS the alt, alt. Right? yeah so it shows the what they're doing through the year mm-hmm. and how they grown through the year mm-hmm. and it's really personalized to them mm-hmm. uh connected to the standards that the massachusetts 
the Massachusetts framework has. Okay. So they do learn, like let's say it's a science, like look, learn, let's look about photosynthesis. They look learn about science, mm-hmm. and they're fifth grade students. They're not going to learn regularly like the fifth graders do, but they do more hands on, mm-hmm. and we send all those work samples to the state. Oh wow! So yeah. ab- about that receivership program though, and the re- the receivership process, like what's the what's the end game, right? When you well, put a school and district in receivership, the end game is from what I understand in my perspective is to show the state that we are servicing all of our kids. Mm-hmm. So, and I think, and I know, and I've seen that that's what we're trying to do. Um, I mean, we're all human. Nobody's going to be perfect, mm-hmm. but I have seen the shift since the, since we've been in receivership to service those kids that are on IEP better. Um, service those families are multilingual families we changed the term we're not longer english language learners we're multilingual families that come mm-hmm. from right. other languages because they're they're just learning english but they're more you know it's more like a positive mindset yeah and instead of a deficit mindset and it centers english language learners centers english mm-hmm. right and makes that the dominant culture right. and when you say multi-language you're opening it up to other other thoughts other cultures right it could be me learning Mandarin even, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah. So I have seen the positives. Um, the whole restructuring of the schools is also a direct effect of the receivership. Mm-hmm. Um, and I say this because before receivership, my husband, Ali enough, was in the school committee. Mm-hmm. And the reason he was there, because I, coming from New York and learn, being in the school system, I did not like the K three model, mm. and we were planning to have a family. So I'm like, we need to do something because I see what's going on in the buildings. With the we have kids that are three years old, and then there's eighth graders kissing in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a lot. So <laughs> as a family, like, what can we do to, in our power to like maybe have them start talking about maybe separating or things like that? And when he was in that board, it was like even impossible to bring it up. Mm-hmm. Because he was just one voice from one neighborhood, and it, it was so much red tape. Sounds yeah. like it's going back to culture again, too. Mm-hmm. Right? It sounds yeah. like, I mean, and that sounds like even why receivership happened in the first place, right? right? That it was, I've heard a lot of reasons as to mm-hmm. why our Holyoke school system is the way it is, but one of them was white residents pulling their their children out of the schools, out of the public schools and placing them more into Catholic schools and other mm-hmm. private schools. Yeah, there's yeah, a lot of different right. elements. And mm-hmm. then they would bring them back mm-hmm. only for the high school. Right, yeah. right. Yeah, so like, again, that, that culture just seems like a shifting of that culture seems like the real, what really needs to happen within the school district more than anything else. It, and is that any, I guess, it, I guess, I guess the question is, is that in the receivership plan, right? Recognizing that that not only students performing better but also creating a better environment for students to perform in mm. yes. right yes when you say it like that yes right <laughs> well and yeah. also like uh just having the if if it was in fact the students who who needed ieps before who weren't on ieps that were part of like a large part of these statistics that showed a failure of our schools addressing that seems like it would be a big part of solving this puzzle too mm-hmm. I think it was more like about like servicing the kids that we had in front of us and doing what was best for them. Mm-hmm. And I think that wasn't happening for whatever reason. Right. Um, like you said, there was a lot of, you know, <clears throat> focus mainly on like the high school. Elementaries were, from what I observed, they were more like left on their own. Mm-hmm. So when the receivership came, it was really to like figure out how to solve this big issue because we were also having a big dropout rate when they went to ninth grade. Mm-hmm. So when Dr. Shrike came in, he did a lot of um, community conversations. He met, he, I remember being part of that. I'm having families come over. Um, and that was one of the biggest things they mentioned is like, my kid doesn't know how to behave in the high school because they've been in this one building for nine years of their life. If yeah. you come pre-K, or more than that, if you come pre, like if they start in the pre-K third, when they're three years old. Mm-hmm. Um, and now you're in an environment when they're sheltered, they're, they're walking in lines, they have the same teacher, the same people yeah. through all these years. It's a big and now they're thrown into this big building mm-hmm. that they have to go from one side of the building to the other in three minutes. Yeah. 
and now they're being you know they were treated like young kids all this time and now they're being put in this building where now you're treated like a young adult in this like no transition phase mm -hmm. there right. yeah so we were losing a lot of kids in ninth grade wow yeah and i think i'm I mean, we we're talking about schools here but i'm also thinking about those students who do graduate and where do they go from here and getting them into colleges or even at hcc somewhere close and how much of a support there was compared to now and how much are we trying to get students into secondary education so <clears throat> I know when Dr. Shrike here came, it was like, um, what was the slogan? A path for every student. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it was really like focusing on individual kids and what, they, like we were not pushing like college. We were pushing about more like, how do you grow as a person? How do you grow as a citizen? How do you, what are you gonna do to better your life as an adult? Mm -hmm. So that was the slogan. Mm -hmm. um, and I see that because I, I don't know if, Coconos. I adopted my cousin at the age of 16. She came from Costa Rica and I put her in the high school and she was one of the older kids because she's already 16 and I put her there in ninth grade because mm -hmm. she had some, you know, she was a couple of years without schooling and I see how they supported her. Mm. And, you know, she just came from Dominican Republic because she was doing some work over there that was all through the schools. Mm. So there's, there, there is a lot of support um, there in this it, there's a lot of options for the students is more like the what is that called like the drive mm -hmm. each individual kid and what they want to do and what the potential they want to reach because I mean this girl is she just came from Dominican Republic I didn't have to pay anything she figured <laughs> that out she got the grants um, actually she got a scholarship to go an internship to go and work at the Holyoke Health Center nice and this is her having connections with her guidance counselor and connecting with her what she wants to do as an adult she wants to go into the medical field mm -hmm. so they're giving her the tools on like how to explore that mm -hmm. i don't know if that happened years ago right yeah because if it was happening years ago we probably yeah. wouldn't be in receivership yeah. right <laughs> i know i know they had upper bound because josh mentions them yeah and there, there's probably always mm -hmm. like one or two programs here and there but again like how available was that for students? You know what I mean? And even if it did exist, right. who who were the students chosen to be a part of those programs, mm -hmm. right? And like given those opportunities. Yeah, and I, and I guess that translates back to your ninth graders who are dropping out, right? If you don't have like some sort of incentive and like helping that build that drive and that hope, then why would you expect the right. student to stay, right? Like what's mm -hmm. the purpose of this, right? When I can go out and just go get a job now, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? And I'm pretty sure I'm going to find work. Yeah. Yeah. And they had no connection to the building. No one that they could relate to. No one they could connect with. Mm -hmm. So I know that's also been a big um, district focus to hire more staff that looks like our students. Not necessarily like every in every department, mm -hmm. you know. But representation um, matters right. so much. You yeah. know what I mean? It matters an awful lot mm -hmm. in 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 that space. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was going to go off. I, I served for a brief moment as chair of the Equity, Diversity, and Inclusion mm -hmm. Committee at HCC. Um, and I learned a lot, um, a lot about culture, right? Institutional culture and how that shapes the programming and the focus mm -hmm. and the drive of even your administrative staff and your faculty and your and also how the students are affected by those choices and decisions made by those folks, right? Mm -hmm. So yeah. Right, and internally now within the district, um, we have that focus. Mm -hmm. We have nice. our PD this year. We had, um, I don't know if you know that Mr. Morgel. He was the principal down the Morgan. He's no. now he's now higher, I forget his title, but he has to do with equity and inclusion. Nice. And a lot of the PDs last year for our staff were around that. Mm -hmm. We did some asynchronous work when we, you know, we had readings and things that we had to read on our own and modules where we go online and um, do some stuff individually. Mm -hmm. And then within the buildings, the principals would have PDs. Um, I would say we had about four in the year mm -hmm. where we would discuss and have conversations. And, you know, some people are upset of those conversations. 
but it's conversations that we needed to have and we continue to have as a district. Mm -hmm. And that some of that is has to be in the union too, right? Some of that has to be carried by MTA and your and if you yeah. Yeah, I mean <laughs> it is in the union but and it's like for me this year has been more meaningful. Mm -hmm. hmm. Because like you you take the bullying training and it's like okay, I click boxes, mm -hmm. I done, I did it. And but this year, because of the way that they structure it, it was I found them more purposeful. Yeah, mm -hmm. unlike one of those. What are they? What are they called? Those? Um, gosh, I can't remember. Uh, I can't remember what the diversity workshops are called. Like they did it. Um, ah, gosh, it's on the top, tip of my tongue too. But there's like a. Don't you hate them? Yeah, and it, but it's like <laughs> a, a program, like a model for these like conversations mm -hmm. and I found that they actually segregate the room more than they actually like <laughs> great right like <laughs> heal the harm that's in this space I've been in been in some of these workshops and I'm like wow so all the white people are on one side of the room and all the black people on another like okay awesome you guys, let's work you guys together did great. <laughs> <laughs> you guys did great. Well, I mean, and I've gone through a couple of things like that with all the all, uh, different organizations that I've been in and I feel like that has to happen in order to heal Mm. there has to there has to be like a some clear like understanding yeah. and some discomfort right there yeah. has to be some of that um but i think sometimes what ends up happening in those spaces is like we end up talking about the harm right and and it becomes like a trauma bond situation more than anything else <laughs> so and then another side feels accused right word like, of the day yeah. trauma bond <laughs> well right. that's the thing in my what i've observed is like how do we pass that and now come back together right. that's right. the piece that i've still trying to figure out i that's why i say i like the hps way that we've been doing it because you do some of this work on your own mm -hmm. that has lets you time to reflect and then you go back so it's like with other places it was like we talked about it, everybody was in their corners and we left and cool. left it alone cool. and you walk mm -hmm. away from but it. this is, has been continuous so mm -hmm. it's like we can't ignore it yeah you yeah. know and we can't be stuck in the trauma we need to come back together and like figure it out right that's good. I'm sensing a bit of a citywide theme here. It's getting a little, a little nice <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's like, it's it's feel good moments in Holyoke where there's more of this going on on all fronts, and it's it's really important work that we should all take very seriously and continue to engage in as much as possible. Agreed. <laughs> all right, we're gonna take a break real quick, and we'll be right back. Uh, talk soon. <laughs> what was that market bus called? Um, so the one on Saturdays, we partnered with Valley Transporter okay. up in Amherst. And on Wednesdays, the um, Holyoke Medical Center uses their complimentary shuttle service. Oh, that's so great. That's so awesome. Mm -hmm. Shouts out to HCC. Y'all got LaGuagua yeah. up there too. We can brace that out too. Yeah. Right, let's get it. <laughs> and to, I mean, shout out to just the Holyoke Farmer's Market for like pulling these pieces together. I'm yeah. sure with some assistance from like other people in the city you know things work better when we work together to yeah, figure out 100%. how to make things work right, you know right. so it's pretty cool yeah and it really helps you know sorry i know we're like at time but it really helps <laughs> okay. where you know we've done the market for some time and it was only during the summer months and it was always really hard to get traction with our vendors because they would have one point of contact and then a year you know a season, couple seasons would go by and then it's somebody new. So there was never consistency. Mm -hmm. And it's really important that you have somebody who is passionate about food security for all mm -hmm. and right. recognizing that um, not everybody has access to fresh food. A lot of people go to the local bodegas for food or, you know, they don't make the right healthy choices. And, you know, the more that we can educate and provide those just services create that opportunity even yeah. to be able to have access to that food right like mm -hmm. the the most majority of people live like a mile away or more from a grocery store or something like that i was reading i don't remember what the stat was i'm not a scientist but like i know that people are far away from their food and that's like again the bodega is the most accessible the closest option so flaming hots it is you know what yeah I mean? like, exactly yeah. and then also making sure that our, our market manager is bilingual because we have a lot of people in our community who um, where English is not their first language, if they even know English at all. And it's, you know, mm. again, 
we can't be just turning people away because we can't communicate. We can't like, communicate. let's find a way to meet. I'm in the sorry, middle. no yeah. produce, produce for you. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry. You want your vegetables? I don't speak. I don't language. understand. Yeah, zucchini. <laughs> like. I think like Anthony Bourdain said that food is like the one is the universal language of everybody. Like mm-hmm. everybody can come together and and food is what brings people together. That was hmm. the whole and we're getting out, we're getting out of here, folks. But that was my whole <laughs> thing with the with the community kitchen space. It was like, you know, I've been around food, worked in service industry for a really, really long time. And I realized that like putting food, coffee, beer, whatever in the center of a table is something that can bring people together. Mm-hmm. And then now you're like building community. Now you're reconciling. Now you're having conversation. You know what I mean? And like, those are all very important. And I think food is just an easy way to do it. You know what I mean? Be back. (laughs) (laughs) And we're still here with the marvelous Stephanie Garcia. What's up, Stephanie? Do you have anything else, anything you want to talk about? We like ask you a whole bunch of questions. So I know when Coco invited me to this, we, the conversation we had was about all the, I had a family that was upset because the summer programs that we that mm. she was learning to they were all very expensive, and I kind of like there's so many resources within our community that families could tap into. We, I mean, if you're an HPS student, we have a lot of summer programs which already started and the service all kind all our students and they are very expensive. No, the ones from the HPS are free, especially <laughs> you know because it's, it's a public public school system. All those programs are free, but within our city, we also have a lot of, you know, like summer nights okay, that yeah. is happening Tuesdays and um, Tuesdays and Thursdays at Springdale Park with Nueva Esperanza oh, yeah. and, and Lazo they're, de Familias. They're showing movies mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. They're showing movies at the parks. I was just at the library for a meeting and they have programming for like the little ones. They have programming for teenagers. And I was just looking at the calendar and they have like pretty interesting stuff. So. I mean, I know that was one of the things that we talked about, yeah. like, you know, because everybody talked about there's nothing for the kids to do, that it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just want to mention the library is like a really. What kind fun. of stuff, what, what type of stuff's going on at the library? So there's a really push for like for learning mm-hmm. and reading. So everything is connected to like reading somehow, but fun for the kids. Mm-hmm. So I know they're going to have like learning in motion every Tuesday at 9 a.m. If you guys don't know who learning in motion is is a gentleman who does learning through movement. Oh, fun. So kind of like for my Ethan, <laughs> he can't sit down. Right. So he has like obstacle courses that incorporates like, you know, the alphabet. So the kids could like, as they jump around, they see the letters, exposure to right. language. And So what what age groups are, are things like that tended to so be from they have two different programs at the library right now they have the ones for the younger kids Mm -hmm. um they have story time steam activities game days craft days dance and sing the learning emotion days so those are for the little ones up to age of 12. Mm -hmm. and then the team program at age 13 to 18 they have i see they have stuff with you guys at holyoke media media uh, on Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Oh, yeah. Scott did mention he had some students coming through to learn some stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's just more like there's a lot of stuff out there that our kids could be engaged to and engage in participating. And it's just about, like, how do we get that information to families? Yeah. You know? Right. Yeah. Well, and everybody's Because there's one mom info. is, like, ready to pay. Like, I have no money. I can't pay right. $1,000 no. for a summer program. I'm like, like, what? You should no, not do that. Right. You shouldn't have to do that. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, I remember. I love. I love library programs. I always shout out like stuff that's in Pittsburgh. So here's another one. Like the, <laughs> the Carne- Carnegie Library in Pittsburgh had such amazing programming. That's a huge library system throughout that whole city. But the way that they like brought on teaching artists to go to different communities and neighborhoods to do programming for free like and you were teaching kids stop motion. You were teaching them video production. Teaching them music making as as well as other like basic mm-hmm. skills or whatever but just the power of the library i i always really, i'm saying go do your taxes there go borrow movies from there mm-hmm. like the library is where it's at for sure so shout out <laughs> i was just looking up the website in case people want to check it out it's uh holyokelibrary.org and um there's a calendar all kinds of different services and events that they're and programs are offering for the summer so again it's holyokelibrary.org where people can check out what's going on and get your kiddos over there. Yeah, have some fun. <laughs> what else we got? What else we got for the kids? That's it? 
Oh, don't else? forget the pool's open. Oh, that's right. The, <laughs> the pool, pool is open. open. <laughs> All the spark, the parks are open with the um, sprinklers. Yeah, we had oh, a whole yeah. conversation about the splash pads. Yeah, I see and a lot of kids pads. right here in Heritage Park all the time, and I'm always like, oh, that's yeah. so inappropriate for yeah. me to go over yeah. there right you now. See, that's what I was <laughs> We can't go. We ain't got no kids, man. We ain't going over there with no kids. Maybe I can borrow the children. Who got wants alone. to babysit? Do you know what? You could volunteer. Man, those kids are coming back covered in ice cream. Like, trust. <laughs> <laughs> You're not going to want to leave your kids with me. <laughs> um, there's also, we have a food truck, which actually just broke down. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? The, the, the Holyoke Public Schools have a food truck? The Holyoke Public Schools have a food truck. A broken down. Pro- I just got the message that it was broken <laughs> oh, down. No. We saw that yesterday. I, yeah, we oh, saw man. that driving but, by Nueva yesterday. So hopefully yesterday. they're back tomorrow. <laughs> okay. But we do have um, services of meals in the parks. Nice. So it's like Meals on Wheels for kids? Well, yeah. <laughs> Every summer we have we stay, we stay station in different parks and oh, provide cool. lunches for the kids. Yeah. That's so nice. Yesterday. Anybody in, at the end of their age of 18... If they just walk up to the truck, they can get a meal. Get a, yeah. get a sandwich dope. or something. Hmm. Yeah, you were in Carlos Vega Park. They were that's where they were yesterday. They've so. got a nice uh, sprinkler situation over there was, too. I, I envy it, but I can't. <laughs> I can't. I just want to go in. No. I think there should be one in every park in the city. Kids. I'm not having nobody call the police on me talking about there's a strange <laughs> man. Grown ass man in the Just park over here. Frolicking in our <laughs> in our <Wow>. splash pad. <laughs> we got the best wow. sprinkler system at Dwight Street Garden anyway. Right. Yeah, we got better sprinklers over there anyway. So we'll just hang can out we, and, and play on the water. Can you put a splash pad next to the community garden? That would uh, be kind of cool. I think I would, I would be a conversation with DPW. I would love that. <laughs> I'm not. That's a long conversation. <laughs> that's a long conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, that's cool. So, yeah, for the record, there's plenty going on for the kiddos in Holyoke this, mm-hmm. summer. this summer. You don't have to pay all your monies to send them elsewhere unless yeah. you just can't help yourself. And, and you can in even which feed case, them. go for it. Feed those kids <laughs> for free. You can even feed the kids for free. Yeah, that's right. so nice. Yeah, just mm. find out. Where, where are we going to find the food truck for, I mean, when it's back on the road? <laughs> Where would we go? Um, I could share the program with you. I don't have it on top of my head, but okay. we go to Vega Park. Mm-hmm. We go by the library. Um, I believe Community Field. I'm, I'm escaping the other locations. But if you go to the Holyoke Public Schools webpage mm-hmm. and go under food services, the, all the information is there. Yeah, I miss I miss the school lunch. So I, I'm, y'all might see me in line trying to pass off as a like 15 year old. You're picking up food for the twins. I'm gonna shave <laughs> shave my face. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna. Claim your kids. <laughs> I'm gonna do. And, and so that website for Holyoke Public Schools is hps.holyoke.ma.us. So you can check out right in the top. It has a food service um, tab, and all the info comes right up. Pretty easy to use here. And I'll make sure to add that to the description when nice. we post this. So anybody, if there's any ever anything, we try to put stuff in the description. By the mm-hmm. way, so yeah, you can always check there. Sweet, that was fun. Yeah, it's been fun. That's been real fun. Thanks for the convo, Stephanie. Well, thank you for inviting me. Yeah. yeah this is cool. Thank you. Yeah, we need we I think I think we need a little bit more less professional conversation. <laughs> we can get to the bottom of Josh Garcia, figure out what's going on there. Okay. <laughs> the, the deep dive. Right, a deep dive. <laughs> I was getting real I, personal. I would talk from the wife's perspective. <laughs> this is helpful. You yeah. know what I mean? This is all good information. We know how to influence them, you know mm. what I mean? Like <laughs> so funny. All oh, right. sweet. Well, um, I definitely have some announcements, so let's take a break and get try into to some add announcements. Them. Yeah. Cool. All right. Take yeah. a break. Be right back. Bye. Hey, Terry. Hi, Coco. <laughs> <laughs> have you been over to the artery? I have once. What do you think about it? I liked it a yeah. lot. What is that? It's a it's a place where you can go buy art. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there's some businesses popping up, which is pretty cool. The Artery is um, was actually funded by a grant, I believe, to open it up. So oh, nice. Um, and it's a space to allow local local artists to um, consign their wares. So they and it can be clothing, literally, or any kind of art. Um, there's a lot of crafty stuff in there. Nice, yeah. nice. I like. I- I bought some candles out of there. <laughs> yeah, I've definitely bought some candles out yeah, of there. Yeah, it's a good place to buy and candles. It's a good place for gifts. Yeah, and you know, this gets me into a conversation about collecting art. I think we all should collect art. We should. So and connect, collect your neighbor's art. Yeah, it so, doesn't have to be like million dollar art. It just has to be fun, and right. you have to like it. And if you happen to support someone 
that you know or have met locally, it's pretty cool too. Um, so I just wanted to let people know that the artery is not open every day. Um, it is on High Street. It's open Thursdays through Saturdays, 11 to 5, and it they have local artist stuff, and it's great for gifts. Um, they're at 289 High Street in Holyoke, um, and they do have a website. It's www.holyokeart.com. So um, they usually extend their hours when it gets warmer out, but we're not there yet. So if you need something, go over to the Artery and visit them Thursday through Saturday. Awesome. See you there. Be back. Hey. Hi. Um, Announcements? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I have some announcements. I am looking at exploreholyoke.com where you too can see these announcements on your own. Okay. No, you're <laughs> um, doing it though. Laugh Holyoke Laugh is uh, Wednesday again on the 19th at 7.30 at Gateway City Arts. Okay. Um, so that looks super fun. Wisteria Hurston Bloom is on Friday the 29th. Um, it's their July plant sale. So you can Ooh. have all the beautiful plants that they have at Wisteria Hurst. That's the 29th, you said? That's the 21st, oh, Friday. 21st. And then also, again, Friday, um, they're having Fresh Pressed at Paper City Clothing. That's at the corner of Dwight and Maine. And they're featuring a different designer every week at their Fresh Pressed event. Mm -hmm. So that's um, Friday the 21st at 4 p.m. So it goes till about seven o'clock. Um, and then there's also, of course, the weekly farmer's market. Mm -hmm. um, there's a stop by science for kids and families. That's on Sunday the 23rd. Um, it doesn't really tell me everything about the details here, but um, it's at noon and um, it's taking place at various locations throughout the city. So it's worth checking out. And let's not forget the self-guided tours in Holyoke at Wisteria Hearst. Um, so you can finally get in that building and putz around and, you know, say hi to the ghosts and look at the leather wallpaper. <laughs> um, the self-guided tour uh, open hours uh, is on Monday the 24th from 10 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon. And don't forget to wrap up your weekend on Monday evening with Armory Yard. Yeah, Mondays. Yeah. It starts at 5 and you can get some beer and some food. Sweet. All right. I got one event, but this is not a Holyoke-based event, but a friend of ours, Rick Purcell, uh, is like one of the only, is a part of one of the only veteran dragon boat teams. Oh, cool. And so July 29th, there's a dragon boat festival in Springfield, and I'll probably end up shouting this out again, but it's just, what? Dragon Boat Festival in Springfield? <laughs> like, yeah, sign me up. So I just wanted to shout that oh, out, Oh, that's too. kind of like, yeah. when is that? July 29th, and it starts at oh, 8. Oh, so awesome. And kind of and ends at, it's at Riverfront Park and ends 8 at 4. p.m.? 8, 8 a.m. Oh. To 4 p.m. So it's like an all-day festival. That's kind of cool. And they'll have the Dragon Boats all out on the river, and you'll get to see them, and yeah, They're face really painting neat. and all If that you haven't seen the Dragon Boats, it's definitely worth, a, worth good, checking out. It's a good time. Are you guys <laughs> yeah. only talking about July events? We're just talking about events. You can shout some out if you like. Because we had the Fiestas Patronales. Oh, in oh, August. I mean, like, that's yes. That's coming up. Yep, that's yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I'm looking at the Holyo Rory Club. I can't ever say that word. They're having concerts in the park again. Are they? Oh. Yeah. When do I, those start? They're, bef they're some, I want to say they're Wednesday, but I can't seem to find the information. Um, they're going to start. Let me look at the calendar. <laughs> Because I know they're happening right before the um, the Fiestas Patronales. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Yeah. Nice. So that's coming up soon. Yep. Yeah, we'll have to figure out where that one is. Um, It looked like... I don't know it's at 5 o'clock. Right. Yeah, it looks... <laughs> <laughs> It's wow. not on their. It's not. Oh it's no! Not it's on, on the Rotary Club. Well, um, it's, it's August August ninth. I have a Rotary Summer Concert. August second, I have it on there at five thirty at Heritage Park. Okay, mm -hmm. those are so those are going to be on Wednesday, starting yeah. in August, basically. Yeah, 
Nice. So and they have like uh, the bands that are lined up. Looks like Trailer Trash is one of them. Off the Record, Yay. Union Jack. I'm not sure who any of these guys are, but I, I, I they're like cover music. bands. Yeah, fun. <laughs> they're Let's fun. Yeah. Let's do that. <laughs> Holyoke is lit. Yeah, Holyoke is lit. <laughs> and then you have the Summer Nights for the kids. Yes, yeah, Summer Nights. Springdale. Yeah. yeah, on Tuesdays and Thursdays. From six to eight, I want to say, or five to seven. I saw they were like watching that. Encanto somewhere. Yeah, so like, <laughs> it must be at dusk. Yeah. <laughs> dusk. <laughs> Movies start at dusk. Yo, our, <laughs> our watches don't have dusk on there. Like, so when things to... start at dusk, we're all just confused. I don't think kids yeah. know that word anymore. No. Dusk. No, that's old school. Right <laughs> that's there. what I mean. Like, like, who knows the word dusk? I want to tr- try that with the twins. To yeah. see if they know. <laughs> Did you know the fireworks start at dusk? You got some smart kids over there. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure your kids know. Right. I'm well, pretty sure kids are putting together policy briefs over there. Well, that's uh, that's it for announcements. That's let's it for get, announcements. Let's uh, take a break and come back with the weather. Yeah, and then we'll close I out. I love the weather. All right. <laughs> Talk soon. All right. Milo said he's ready. Are I was sure? born ready. Oh right. wow. I was born ready for this <laughs> specific report. Okay. So, have you guys heard of um, the Bible? Yes, <laughs> strangely. Yes. And have you heard of this guy called Noah? Uh-huh. <laughs> so that's what's happening in Vermont right now. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Oh, <laughs> it's funny, but it's not funny. It's not funny. Um, it's so funny. But there are really intense floodings going on uh, across New England, mm-hmm. including Massachusetts. Um, I think one of the roads around here is closed too. I tried probably Route Five mm-hmm. by the Oxbow because so. mm-hmm. the Oxbow is flooded. I try. I think I tried driving there earlier. I wasn't sure if it was Route Five, and Google Maps didn't tell me, so <laughs> I had to do a really long detour. Oh wow! Um, wow. But yeah, it's intense, and it's gonna be still really hot for a couple of days. Then it's gonna bring more kind of clouds and rain <sighs> going on, um, and. It's really crazy to think about, like especially with all the farms on the Connecticut River mm-hmm. and yeah. how all these far- people who make their livelihood, like the, the crops are just like done, They're done, just, yeah, yeah, drowned. And we were talking about earlier today, like either the farmers are dealing with extreme heat, yeah, and now they're dealing with extreme water and high in a lot of those farms their cheaper land that they're sitting on is in floodplains too, mm-hmm. so they're just like gonna get washed out. So, mm-hmm. yeah. If you think about it, go over to the Mountain View Farms and tell folks you said hello and get a bouquet of flowers or something like that. Yeah. Mm. More reasons to support the local farm. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that was very... That, uh, was, that was the weather. Such a downer. I, I mean, it, this has been a really rainy... This has been a really rainy it's, yeah. it's last couple days. I can't call yeah. this last, a summer. Yeah. yeah. Last summer was so dry, <laughs> too. That, that's the thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, it was... Then floods, dry, then floods, dry, then floods. Yeah. Well, you know, there's no such thing as global warming, so. Oh, that's oh, right. I yeah. forgot. Yeah. Climate change I forgot. is a We have no control over this. Science mm-hmm. doesn't Nothing know. we can do can even slow it down. Nothing. Right. 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 Not, yeah. Not All right, folks. Recycle. <laughs> <laughs> recycle. All right. I, I love your I love your shirt today with the UFOs on there. Sent, <laughs> please please help. help. <laughs> it's a picture of Earth with UFOs on it, and it says, "Please send help." Yeah. I'm getting it. I'm getting a snapshot for the the pod. Definitely. Page. That's great. <laughs> That's exactly how we We're feel right now. We're gonna put that right up on there. Yeah, folks. Well, if you're, you know, I will. I will say. I will. I will try to lift this up. On another note, so you guys did know that I went out whitewater kayaking. Oh yeah! Over the weekend with Zor Outdoors, was I can't, there a lot more water than usual? There was a lot more water <laughs> than usual, um, but I I learned the river in a new found way. I learned learned about how to navigate and be on the water in a new way. White whitewater wrap or kayaking on it, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it was just a it was kind of eye opening. And I strongly suggest if you're interested, you know, check it out bring a crew of kids down there and they're really helpful folks over there at Zor. Um, How do you spell that? Zor. Z-O-A-R. Zor Outdoors. Where is that at? Uh, There's up in Charlemont is where they're based and then they'll, yo, they literally took us across state lines to Vermont and like we were hanging out in Vermont in a reservoir and then came back down and like Hmm. kayaked on the deer field which was great. Because you know locally we have Holyoke Rose. Yeah, you got Holyoke Rose, right? That's yeah. that's kayaking, that's canoeing, right? But when you're talking whitewater, 
It's a whole a different, extreme, whole different, different yeah, 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 a whole beast. different can of, but it's there's fun. No, well, there's for no, the kids, they could start. Yeah, for the yeah. kids, for the kids, you can start by learning the basics of rowing and then safety. become a more, and safety, and then, I mean, yeah. they do a lot of that as well with the Zora group. They do teach you how to be safe. They teach you also, like, where to go find your resources to learn about the water and, like, how the water is running, and mm-hmm. that's all very helpful so that you don't go out there and it's, yeah. you know, rushing and this is not good for like class two rapids could turn quickly into class five rapids. So where do people find that information out? Is there like a weather website about the rivers you or can something? Go to, I think it's American whitewater.org. I think it's called. Oh, and then like search your river wherever you're close to. And then it'll give you all of the data about that river and like what, how it's running. Is it good enough to run out and be out there on the water? And again, people can use that for tubing too. Cause while we're out there, whitewater kayaking there are people with just tubes like, eating eating doritos and drinking <laughs> beer just floating down the river you know what i mean See, i've done that a lot more people are interested in that but yep what i will say is there there are what paddlers call features to a river that like if you're just kind of floating or just bombing down the river you don't really notice but there are holes um there are waves there are different parts of the river to actually play with in your kayak, right? And you could just just row all the way down and just enjoy yourself. But there are parts of the river, like I said, that I didn't even realize were there that like could potentially be fun to you know play around in and to learn how to navigate. So yeah, Zor Outdoors, check it out if you're interested. <laughs> and Terry's it's great. so well rounded. It's great for when it's raining he's, out. He's so cool. Yeah. I'm not cool. <laughs> so last, I'm definitely not cool, guys. Don't get that twisted. Well, <laughs> anyway. It's sweet. been an awesome show. Thank you, Terry, Milo, for the weather report. And, You're of welcome. course, Stephanie, for sharing your your uh, insights on our public school system yeah. and all the great changes that are happening. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah. You got to come back and we'll talk food or whatever the case yeah. may we be. We can talk about or, something else. Yeah. Yeah, the talk food about festival is coming up in That's October. Right. So oh, yeah. yeah. We, we definitely have one. to talk about oh, food. Good. We definitely have to talk about food. Are You okay. You looked at me like you're looking for volunteers. We need help on that one, oh, yeah. Dear. Where can folks sign up for help? <laughs> Let me know. Okay. Reach out to Steph. She'll or help you out. the Chambers. We organized that one with the Chambers of Commerce. Oh, oh perfect. Jordan is a friend of ours. Yeah. She's a friend of the podcast. She's the best. That's the other FOP. Friend of podcast. <laughs> friend of podcast. <laughs> we'll, get, we'll start getting stickers. Stickers. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm pretty sure the FOP is going to hate us. <laughs> Later, guys. We'll see you. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for hanging with us on Adventures in Organized Chaos. I'm Terry. (laughs) This is Coco. I'm going to step on all her words. (laughs) It's okay. We're in this together. Solidarity. (laughs) See you next time.